behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode seventy-six. Casey, go for it. All right, episode seventy-six. We better new- be good. Wait, this better be good. By the way, sorry guys, because she has been very sassy about this rhyme. So everyone, drum roll. <laughs> Go. All right. Take two. Episode 76. We've got a new bitch up in the mix. That's oh, that was great. pretty cute. Was I like Casey. it. Casey, you really should be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> totally well, fits your personality, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Uh, anytime, Although- you'd, anytime you'd say a bad word, you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing this for poop. Butthole. <laughs> Butthole. <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah. That's that shit. That's that shit. <laughs> We're off the rails already. It is one minute into the episode. I can't deal. But anyways, you know, we love yeah. to start with a good review of the day. Start with some pairing, some socially media positive reinforcement that keeps us going. Today, we're taking it, I think, from Instagram. Instead, Facebook. we're going to Facebook, mixing it up. This is from Nicole Cook. She goes, I have been silently stalking the group for a while now. I read every post on here and I've learned so much. I binge watched the one month cram at the beginning of COVID, as well as binge listen to every episode of the Behavior Bitches podcast. I am hashtag team Android, but went and bought a refurbished iPhone so I can download the app, which I highly recommend. Without this group, I'm not sure I would have found studying to be so enjoyable. Three weeks ago, I completed supervision and applied for the exam. Without this group, I'm not sure I would have passed on my first try. Yay! Congratulations. Nicole Cook, congratulations. That is effing amazing. Welcome to the other side. I can't wait to hear about what you do. And you'll come back for our CEU soon. This is amazing. And by the way, commitment, getting a refurbished iPhone to have the app, that's like a big deal. So thank you. I'm so happy you liked it. And that... Reminds me to tell you guys, we have started development for the Android app of Study Notes ABA. So that's excited. We don't think that we neglected you Android users. We had to start somewhere. We've completed the iPhone app now. So now we have something that we can move over to Android. Also, she said, I, um, I'm not sure I would have found studying to be so enjoyable. Well, guess what? Today's podcast is all about studying. We have not done one. I can't believe we've done 76 episodes and never talked about studying behaviors. But it's time. It's time. And we have someone here to do it with us. And it's not a guest. She was a guest back when. Way back in the beginning. mm -hmm. You might have heard her on an episode called Don't Be an Asshole. And she's not a guest anymore because she has officially joined the Study Notes ABA team. She is a unicorn. I've never seen someone so efficient in things they get done or being able to crank out mock questions <laughs> quicker than her. She uh, shits the them nicest out. way you've ever said that. There you go, Casey. <laughs> yeah. She like pleasantly takes them out of her butt. No, I'm kidding. She shits out <laughs> the questions. She's amazing. Maggie is here with us. Hopefully you guys get to know her because you'll be seeing a lot of her because she is doing some really cool things for Study Notes ABA. Maggie, welcome. welcome Maggie. I was going to say, you guys are so kind. I just feel so lucky to be here. And I feel like I've found my tribe and I have so much fun. I wake up excited for work and here we go. We're going to talk about one of our favorite things. Well, first let's talk about, okay. I need your first impression of being part of study notes team. 
Oh man, I knew it. That's part of being, that's part of being in the study notes team. You're going to be put on the spot all the time with no preparation. You have this fabulous outline that I've been like, okay, I know what we're doing. And no, we're going to talk about this. Um, I had to. No, my, my first impression for real though, was just the idea of, of seeing other people that are passionate about not just making behavior analysis, like technically accurate, but making it fun and relatable and making people love the field so that they go out and love changing the world. And I was like, I, I need that. I, I have to connect with that. Um, and it was the best decision ever. Woohoo! I love that. It's, it's funny how life Other than marrying out. my husband, that was good too. <laughs> Second to that. Second to that. So good. <laughs> Maggie reached out. Um, I don't know. I think study notes might've been seven people in the class at the time. I would just make videos of myself. Casey wasn't around yet. It was just me posting videos of myself on Instagram, teaching on a little whiteboard. Someone actually sent me a message yesterday. I was like, I watched one of your original YouTube videos. Like you literally wrote on a whiteboard that was the size of like an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. I went back to one of the (laughs) classes that I had with you when I took the collective and I for some reason have all the videos on my like Google drive. You were teaching in Israel at four in the morning their time on a legit notebook paper, like a piece of paper, not even a whiteboard, a piece of paper. (laughs) It was so funny. I've never been so committed to anything in my life. I have to be honest. Like I am, my parents always said, quit. Like if things were hard, I'd be like, honestly, pre-cal is so hard. They'd be like, why stress yourself? Just quit, you know? (laughs) And it's like, and it's just so funny because Study notes ABA, I think, has been the one thing that has lit me up so much that no matter how I'm feeling or if I'm in the middle of Israel, like I literally think I was on like a patio, like almost getting murdered. I remember being like, there's like something out here. I don't know what's going on because his family was all sleeping, but I love it. But anyways, back to Maggie. My Adderall is working. So back to Maggie. She reached out and we organized a phone call which is nice because like now I also know how freaking busy you are. So it's interesting that you actually organized a phone call. Good matching law. It was worth it. But I think it's, and, and she was like, I teach these students. I really, I really want to get them the collective. I want to get them in to learn the material. Um, I want to get it for them. And I told Maggie, I was like, but if you get it for them, are they going to be as motivated? To do we it. We had our first fight in our first mm-hmm. conversation. Our <laughs> first fight. So we gave discount codes, but I said they have to have some buy-in because if someone else gets to your gym membership, it's not going to be as exciting. Which yeah. was very relevant to me because I had just bought someone a gym membership for New Year's, like as a Christmas present, and she like gave it to me because she didn't use it. So I was like, oh. <laughs> You're gonna have some skin in the game. Yeah. But honestly, Maggie, how were you interested in us? Because I like I. I'm thinking I was pretty new BCBA. Like I'm kind of annoying. Like I'm just thinking like you're so sweet and special because I don't know if I saw someone like a brand new thing. I'm like, I think I found someone else who likes to swear and talk ABA. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Because to me, I'm like, I'd be like, okay, who is this girl? She's kind of annoying. I think a lot of people had that reaction in the beginning, to be honest. I mean, it's like these girls, I mean, we weren't calling ourselves the bitches yet. That's when we got extra annoying. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) I mean, that's really cool that you, because I do think that sometimes there's a, a gap in the field of the different generations in the field. Um, you know, like 
oh, well, who are these young BCBAs or, which is crazy because these young BCBAs are the majority of our field now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was it too, is like, I, I had been teaching for, I want to say like two or three years at that point, maybe three years. And, um, I really, I really saw that in the generations that are coming through, through the master's degree programs right now is like, they're not connecting to just dry research articles. And like, I, you know, me, I love research articles. So I would have been excited if they were. Um, but I, but I think that was kind of the point where I was like, you know what, this is the same thing we do with our clinical cases. Like if people aren't learning the way we teach, we, we teach differently, um, change the environment. And I think you guys did that too. You recognized that people needed something different in order to thrive and you found a way to do it. And it's, it's incredible. Okay. Literally guys, I'm sorry. There's two things I feel like that I know I've made it in life. All right. Number one, what's the first? You get a French mayor's laundry soap. Oh my God. You're right. There's three things that mean you made it. I'm (laughs) so sorry. You get a French bulldog. That was like my goal in life. Number two, you get mayor's hand soap. Okay. I literally feel like that is the fanciest thing to have. Okay. And I love the smell of the basil one. I could like literally like sniff it all day. It's my favorite one too. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, and third, I'm like, dude, Maggie Favone is coming to work with us at study notes, AVA Dr. Effing Maggie Pavone. That is like, Oh my God. I could just die right now. Oh, also, and another thing means you made it is like, I always like growing up, if I saw people like having like a lot of berries in their fridge, like, like blueberries or strawberries, anyone else, like when you were younger, was there things that you were like, that is just so cool. Mine was, um, lunch meat, like having like lunch meat and cheese to make sandwiches. Like I, we never had that. I think, I think I'm going to go the berries route, but it was like the people that buy the berries that are already cut up. Like oh, wow. you, have, Dude, you have like a, yes. a can of already sliced strawberries in your fridge all the time. Like you're good. You did well. <laughs> Dude, that is so true. When you could buy it cut up or like butternut squash cut up or something. Yeah. Anything. Or like now the, the zoodles, like you buy the fresh zoodles, not the frozen zoodles. Like you're, that like you're killing it. You or, are effing yeah. killing it. That is amazing. Wait, lunch meat, Casey, like a fancy brand, like isn't Boar's Head fancy? I don't know. I'm kosher. I never could eat it. But isn't that like the fancy one? Or yeah, Boar's Head is fancy. But I just literally it could be market basket fucking lunch meat. I don't. It didn't matter. Just like actually having lunch meat on hand you, to make a sandwich. <laughs> you literally hurt me. Like I, my heart. Whenever you tell me these stories, I just love you so much. Wait. So what would you? Did eat? you know what my husband's is? His is what? not having American, not having Kraft American cheese slices on his salads. Would you ever do that? Like that. That makes Ew. me. He's like no. When I got when I got out of the when I got out of the Marines for the first time, I bought so much cheese that wasn't in a plastic. <laughs> oh, wait, Casey, what would you eat for lunch? I'm sorry, I know every time I go into these interviews, I just I like, told love you. you. If I got free lunch at school, like that's the thing for the kids that had no money, but you get free lunch. What would you snack on when you got home? I don't know. <laughs> Typically refried beans. I love refried beans though. They're like my No, favorite. you don't. That's okay, hilarious. I, you. I don't know why I, I think that's is. so funny, but that's amazing. My, that's I, like, if I had to live you off, dip them in something? I mean, I, this is what my mom did. My mom girl was, must have been ripping ass everywhere. I <laughs> <laughs> my mom would make try to make things fancy, even though they weren't. So she and she'd make fancy names. So she would make um a, like a quesadilla, right? Just like a flour quesadilla with refried beans and cheese. 
and she'd call it spalakas. So like, I always call them spalakas. I think it's totally, she just made it up. No one knows what it is, but I, I always make them like, if I'm like wanting a home, what a home cooked meal, like that's what my, my go-to would be that's a spalaka. Everyone's like, it's a quesadilla. I'm like, it's a fucking spalaka. <laughs> it's an oh, yeah. or revoir. It's a, like, <laughs> yeah. a French, I don't know any French words. All right, let's get into today's topic, which as you know, we consider ourselves kind of experts in studying. We do run a test prep company. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it yet. It's called Study Notes ABA, AKA SNABA. Um, so if you haven't heard of that after episode 76, we've done a shitty job of advertising. But anyways, <laughs> um, we have broken down how to make studying fun, what you need to do, all these behavior principles that tie into studying. Um, so I think we should get started with the first section that we're going to talk about. And I think we might hit like almost every behavior principle ever, but and also this about- is really good. If you are, first of all, I think this will really be helpful no matter where you are in the study process. If you're still in studying and I mean, literally you could use the studying process, even if you're in high school, but if you are, you know, in grad school now trying to keep yourself interested for your tests there, if you're starting to think about when you're going to take the BCBA, BCABA exam can help you. If you're already in the middle of studying and have lost motivation and having difficulty knowing what to study, pick up. Um, also, I think it's great if you're a supervisor listening and you want to give you know, you know recommendations to your supervisees for studying for the exam. So hopefully this helps. I think you could use these for studying for the LSAT. I mean, we're we going to talk, Let's talk about generalization, target, Maggie. It's all, it's all gaining new skills and getting ready for a test. Yep. I'm kind. All right, guys. So before we get started, the robots here. We are going to cover a lot of behavioral principles. I don't think I'm going to read them all, but I'll just start with the top 10. We have... Stimulus control, masking, overshadowing, faulty stimulus control, reinforcement, schedules of reinforcement, self-management, self-monitoring, behavioral contrast, behavior contract, <laughs> behavior momentum, high P, low P, before compound schedules. Okay, there's a lot more, but I don't want to go into them because <laughs> we're going to go into them. All right, guys. Sorry, I can't do robot that long. I'm used to doing it for like five or six. <laughs> I was just going to say, okay, I agree with that one girl who... <laughs> send us a comment that she hates the robot voice. <laughs> it was a really nice comment just included in that, which I was like, mm-hmm. I agree with you actually. <laughs> no, me too. But it's like, it just got to stick to the brand. Sometimes you got to pick and stick. And that brings me to a great starting point for studying today. And I know I tell a lot of students this on the first day of class, especially. Um, and I understand because I have shiny ball syndrome, anything I, mean, I totally, sh- totally, that my brain went the wrong place there. Sorry. <laughs> no, shiny balls. No, no shiny balls. Shiny balls. Like, wow, yeah, that's, that's really opening up to us. <laughs> yeah, no, shiny ball syndrome, meaning that any little shiny ball, like, let's talk about like a marble or something, all right, goes by, I will be distracted by it. So I know when I was studying, you get excited about all the things that are out there, and no matter what method you decide to use or you know, program or whatever it is, I tell people to pick and stick because I have, I think I studied the seven dimensions, like at least 13 times using different ways of studying because I'd be like, oh, they're on Quizlet. Oh my God, someone did it on Instagram. Oh my God, I'm going to draw them out. And so just the idea of picking and sticking, because in the beginning you might not feel that momentum, but it also becomes really distracting when you 
you know, you're looking at a million different ways. And so whatever you're going to do, hopefully you find something that works. Obviously, if it doesn't work, you make a change, but pick and stick. I think that's, you pointed out something really important about that too, is that if you don't pick and stick, like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall so fast that you don't know if you're even like being effective in the way you study. So you got to stick with it long enough to take good data, see if it's working and then make a change. But I think that's something I see a lot is people just kind of being like, well, I didn't, I didn't learn the seven dimensions in 13 minutes. So I'm going to add another thing to the way I study. Um, exactly. I'm going to do it differently. That is so, so, so true. All right. So getting started. So pick and stick is, and you might want to look around at a few different things that you want to do, but whatever you do, I'm just letting you know that you get nowhere when you study one thing, because I'm talking personal experience. When you study, I think I probably spent a month studying seven dimensions. I don't know. <laughs> um, so just, just keep that in mind. So getting started getting started this is i think a lot of people want to get started and i get a lot of messages from people who still have like two years in grad school because you see this test you see people posting about it whatever it is whatever it is you're studying for and you want to get started so we're about to get really into this but i also want to say when you're getting started set yourself up for success with a time that you know you're going to be able to do it so kind of an antecedent intervention of knowing Hey, I'm in grad school right now. I'm taking, I don't know, I forget how many, what credits are worth what, but like this many credits right now, I'm, I'm not going to be able to commit to my studying. So choose a time that you're going to be able to set yourself up for success, give yourself a long enough duration that you can study. So just to lay off the stress from the get-go, right? Like you're setting yourself up. You're not trying to do too many things. And I think that's really important. And I love Nicole Gravina's article. I know we're going to talk about it soon in a, in a couple of weeks, right? I think um, but she talks about like, not even just setting aside time, but setting aside what she calls buffer zones. So like overestimate what you might need because life's going to get in the way. Shiny ball syndrome, right? You're going to be in that like set aside time that you planned, but then I don't know, you're going to get hungry or someone's going to need something or your best friend's going to ask you to go out for a glass of wine. And you're going to say yes. Like, so things are going to happen in the middle of that. And so giving yourself like an extra cushion of that, even to overestimate makes you more likely to be successful. Absolutely. And I also yeah. think that like right in the beginning, you're, you know, we always um, talk about, you know, finding your why, right? So like, it's one of the most important things I think that, cause people get so overwhelmed with all of like what Cooper is and, all the task list items. And so just say, taking a step back and looking inside and being like, you know, what are my values? What am I studying for this test for? Like, is it going to change my life that I'm going to be able to make money to, you know, have a savings or pay my bills on time? Um, am I doing it for my kid? Am I doing it like for whatever it may be? But if you don't dig deep in the beginning and find your why, then a lot of the, you know, you're studying is going to get aversive pretty quickly, right? You need to keep coming back to that of like, what is your why? And write that shit down. Put it somewhere that you see it. Write it on your mirror. You know, I had a sticky note on my steering wheel because I was commuting in Chicago. So like two hours a day, I'm in the car. And it was right there, front and center on my steering wheel. What was your why, Maddie? What did it say? 
<laughs> so my why was weird, um, but I, I wanted, I really wanted to be the one, I think that, cause I was a BCABA and, and they didn't have RBTs back when I was a dinosaur. And um, <laughs> I had been under so many people who I, who had given me behavior plans that I didn't think were ethical or person-centered or effective. And I wanted so badly to be the one to write those plans. Like I wanted to be the one that got to say like, no, we can do it more creatively. We can do it differently. We can do it a little bit less restrictively. Um, and as an implementer, you don't have that. And so that was like my big thing is I like, got to get these letters so that opens the door to like try something new, try something different. I was it was why? all Casey? on a post-it note. That was not Casey, all what was your why? What was your um, why? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I remember my first day of the collective um, and my top of my page was <laughs> 30K to 90K. <laughs> Like I had been making no money. Literally, I couldn't live. I couldn't pay my student loans. I had to bartend seven nights a week and work full time. And I really was like, I need to be able to make a living. And, you know, I really was another, you know, another non-monetary why is um, I wanted to, I had worked with adults and families struggle so hard. Like a child with, an, uh, with autism grows up to be an adult with autism. And guess what? They don't get to move out of their house at 18. The parents that are now in their 60s and 70s have adult kids with autism. And it's so hard for them. And I like, as an RBT, I felt like I connected with them so much more than the BCBAs did. The BCBAs were kind of very off, um, like hand, hands off and like in the office. And I was always giving the family pep talks or ideas of what can make their lives easier. And I was like, I want to be the friggin' BCBA who's, like Greg Hanley says, on the floor. I don't want to be in the office like you. And I remember my first clinical director job, I had to be in the office and I was miserable. I was like, this is not me. I am so not an office BCBA. I need to be helping parents and helping um, these adults that I work with and going out in the community with my RBTs and letting them know that I'm not just, now that I'm a BCBA, I'm like, you can't ask me anything. Like I'm still your person. So that was another big why for me. I love that so much. Cause that's so I mean, true. And I think you, you can't not... really make a difference from an office as much as you can when you're willing to really go get your hands dirty. Yep. We work with humans. You should be working with humans, not exactly. Also anyway. when you're not the one working directly with the human or like you're doing things remotely or just kind of coming in here, you forget that it's a human you're working with. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you need to come into contact and be like, wow, like I see that struggle. I see the pain that, individuals win when they can't communicate. I see what the parents are going through. It's like those BCBAs that do sit in an office and they write a plan for a single mom at home with seven children and two of them have special needs and they expect her to do extinction for six hours. No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like you are so out of touch with what mm -hmm. our field really does when we change lives. I think that's, we need more Casey's with those whys out there. Thanks, Nags. We do. Whatever your why is, find that, write it down. I have one question. This is like kind of literal. When you had to post it on your, on your um, steering wheel, did you have to put tape? Because I couldn't imagine a post-it would stick very well. You know, I'm very into office supplies. To tape it. I mean, you I'm just saying I'm very into office supplies. Though. Is it super sticky ones? I like the ones that are sticky the whole way, right? Not just on the top, like they're so, sticky yeah. all the way down. Maybe yeah, that's what I had. I don't I think know. That... You're asking me like literally like 10 years ago, what kind of post-it I used. I don't know. Well, listen, it brings me to my next point about studying. I, I As if you don't know, now you know, I effing love study supplies, okay? I love pens. I love post-its. I love highlighters. I love owning 30 pairs of scissors. 
I have markers, colored pencils, crayons, every sticker. I have rhinestones. I have every single notebook that you could ever want to write on. And because, first of all, I love stationery. But this connects to something I'm going to tell you guys for your own studying. Studying does not have to be aversive. I think so many of us have paired studying as being aversive, something you have to do when you're in college or when you're younger and your parents are down your throat or your teacher's telling you you didn't score high enough, whatever it is. We are behavior analysts. We understand how to make studying reinforcing. So what do I mean by this? You need to get materials when you're getting ready to study that are going to be reinforcing to you. So buy pens that are a little more expensive than you typically would buy or that you'd look at and be like, eh, it's not necessary. Buy the ones with glitter. Get the French Bulldog stickers you see. <laughs> Get the Post-its that you want. Get a notebook. I'm very into having a good notebook. Like I'm not talking about the 10 cent notebooks because that's just a notebook. I'm talking about a notebook that you are proud of and your notes are in here and it's your prized possession. And you could... You are making the study process reinforcing by, you know, I looked at it like I was doing an art project when I was studying because I would write the most beautiful notes. That's how study notes all started, me posting those notes on Instagram. And so I really recommend when you're getting ready to study, instead of being like, oh, let me pull out, and Casey is a poor example, so don't ever listen to her. Like, you're not going to be like, let me pull out this free bank pen I have and this this napkin that I could write on to study. Like she holds up her TD bank. She like literally works for them. She like wraps this pen so hard. But whether you're a supply lover like me or not, you will find it reinforcing knowing that you have different colors in your notes. So I really recommend that you guys get supplies that you love. You're pairing behaviorally, right? You're pairing something aversive with something reinforcing and keep those materials for when you are studying only. Right. So, you know, I get to use these highly preferred. Mine things. wasn't, mine wasn't pens. Mine was donuts. <laughs> really? Whatever. For real. Whatever. Yeah. How I, did you do it? I, I, I freaking love donuts. Like I, I don't know if it's a problem, but I, I love donuts, all of them, every kind. And, uh, I restricted donut eating to only when I was studying and it was great. Cause like, it was, I knew like, even if I was so not jazzed to study compound schedules, like, but I knew my donut was going to be there too. So it wasn't so bad. Like your glittery pens, like, all right, maybe I have to study something that I'm not super jazzed about, but I get to do it with 14 super rad pens on this paper that makes me just like melt because it's amazing. And I'm going to have this beautiful permanent product afterwards. And I will say that um, when I was taking the collective and studying, I mean, I, I didn't have all these like jelly rollers and milk liners, but I did have different colored Sharpies and I thought my notes were pretty beautiful and it made me so happy. I, I still have my notes. I look through them um, before we teach collectives just to like see if there's anything that we, you know, that we didn't, we missed or something, but I, they were beautiful. They had like cool graphics. That Sharpies are cool us. too. Sharpies are cool too. I mean, I have. Sharpies can sit with us. Yeah. They can sit with us. We <laughs> have hundreds, but like rose art markers cannot sit with us, you know? Don't even know what those are, but that's cool. <laughs> well, this kind of brings us to, um, in the beginning, right? You need to do a preference, preference assessment on yourself. Like you would do on a client. You got to get to know what you like, right? What are you going to, um, earn for reinforcement when you're done studying or when you set up your, you know, study schedule. And it's got to be something that you're like, hell yeah, I really want that. Like, I really want 
oysters on Friday night. And like, so if I work out, (laughs) if I work out five days a week, then it's like, Hey, I'm going to get oysters. Right. I really, I could work for oysters. I could eat 47,000 oysters and never get sick of them, but conduct a preference assessment on yourself. What are you going to, what do you like? What lights you up and what's going to motivate you to study? And be realistic about that. Just like you are with your clients. Like I love, I know I've told the story a million times, but like had a client whose favorite reinforcer was carrying a breakfast sausage in a, sausage in a baggie. Like, but he would work really hard, do really tough stuff for it. So what is that for you? What, I don't care what it is. Donuts, it's oysters, it's new pens, mayor's soap, whatever works for you. I love that. Totally. By also, the way, if, if you want to get a pairing pack, you could get one. Let's just because our pairing packs I created have every single reinforcing study supply ever that you could ever want. I just uh, like and, looking at mine, not even right? using it. I put, I put it in like a glass, like this really cute glass um, vase. And I just love looking at all the stuff in it. I mean, I have everything that you could ever want, like uh, lipstick erasers, every type of pen, highlighters, midliners, all the different things. If you want it in $25 off, you could put coupon code. Let's make one Casey bitches, bitches, $25 off a pairing pack to make your studying more reinforcing. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, but hey, it's going to help you study. I mean, you don't have to get this one. You could also go on Amazon and get whatever you want, but it's you know, lower my favorite, effort. You know what my favorite thing in that pairing pack is? What? The fuzzy paper clips. How often do you use them? I, not often, but the one time I used them was for an event, a non event, a, a thing in my life that I had to do called taxes, right? Very aversive. I was going to H&R <laughs> Block to do taxes and I organized all Matt and I's like W9s or twos or whatever with fuzzy paper clips. And when I went in, the lady's like, oh my God, these are so cute. And I'm like, I'm trying to make this a little bit more fun to know how much money I owe the government. <laughs> like as long as you put a fuzzy paper clip, I don't care what I have to pay, you know? <laughs> but it just goes to show, right? Whether it's studying or doing right. your taxes. If they can make taxes less aversive, I feel like probably will probably help with studying. Totally. Fuzzy paper clips. Also, one thing to be aware of, there's this thing, it's called a schedule of reinforcement, a concurrent schedule of reinforcement. If you don't know, now you know, guess what? That's two schedules of reinforcement happening at the exact same time. This is going to happen to you in your studying, right? There's going to be, you know, one re- schedule of reinforcement for studying, and then maybe another one for doing something that provides more reinforcement. Like, you know, maybe you're next to your TV and Netflix you could turn on, or you're like Maggie said, your friend asks you to go out for a glass of wine, Right. More reinforcing. It's called matching law. You're going to allocate your responses to which schedule is more reinforcing. So try to make your studying schedule really reinforcing. Well, I think, can I nerd out about the why and how that goes with that real quick? Girl, yeah. Like, I think this is where really making your why really salient can help is because we do have to kind of counterbalance all those other potential reinforcers that are out there. And they're probably more immediate than what you're going to get for studying. Um, Even if you have like a really dense schedule of reinforcement set up for yourself, like it's going to be a while till you get those big letters and, and get the negative reinforcement of not having to study anymore. Um, so if you have your why, uh, it kind of, to me, it reminds me of um, using values work, which we get from like acceptance and commitment therapy, where we're highlighting a value or like making a rule or a, um, a statement about that schedule of reinforcement for studying that actually changes how reinforcing it is. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're just thinking like, oh, I'm going to study so that I can mark off, I did 30 minutes of studying today. Well, that doesn't sound that exciting. But if you're going back to like, I'm going to study because the reinforcer is everything Casey just said about like having a life that, that she can be comfortable in and being hands-on and all these other things, I think we can kind of stack the deck against those other <laughs> schedules of reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people are not huge act fans and I wouldn't say I'm a huge act fan, but I, I see how that's really relevant here is we have to compete with things that are easier to get and maybe more fun in the moment. So whatever we can do. Well, we I really do. like, um, the one part of act that I really like is like the psychological, um, flexibility. My program director at my master's program, she was big into act and, I didn't know it at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, holy shit. She was acting the shit out of me. Like I'd email, <laughs> I would, would email and I just remember being, I'm just an anxious person in general. So like anytime we had to do like presentations, like in front of the class, I would email and just be like, I just can't do it. Like I I'll like do it on a video and send it to you. I just, I, I'm no just way. Really, yes. I, I know. Isn't that weird? Of attention. That is wild. I know. I think I was just uh, like, in a rough place or something. I don't know what it was, but um, there was a lot of things that I would email her about and just be like, I just can't do it. And like her emails responses back would be like, so I see that this, you know, is causing you these certain, you know, feelings and blah, blah, blah. Maybe these are some things that we can work on. How about you come to my office before class and we can practice? Like she was doing all these like very like to like not be so stuck in the fact that I was like, I'm, I'm this anxious person and I'm, you know, I can't do this. Like just practicing that like flexibility of like, these are just my thoughts. I'm not used to them. And she was wonderful. So Rachel Enoch, if you're out there listening, I love you. What a great tip for, for retakers too, or for people who've struggled in, in taking any kind of tests or academics. Like, I think we have those self rules out there about like, oh, I'm a bad test taker or like, oh, I'm not, I'm not very smart. And I have testing anxiety. Well, maybe you do. Maybe that's something that you feel or that happened like a private event that you experience, but that's not who you are. And so we can have that flexibility to say, you know what? I am feeling this. I'm, I'm feeling very anxious and I'm going to go rock this effing test. Like, and I'm going to do awesome. Um, so I think we can, I, I love that. I bet your supervisor tells that to people that are ready to pass the test. <laughs> I love that. Your your self-talk is really important too. Your private events and your own verbal behavior that you're talking to yourself before the test. And we talk about this a lot in our classes because, I mean, it's obviously amazing what you put out for yourself in your environment, the permanent products you set up, the reinforcers you set up. Um, but as radical behaviorists, we have to take into consideration the private events that are going on in one's head. And you know, you could be studying everything on the outside, but if you're talking negatively to yourself on the inside, you know, you could work on replacement behaviors of, you know, or, okay, I feel that way, but I'm going to replace it with like, this is my time. I'm going to go in there and kick ass. I know it's hard, but I think it's- Well, and this is habit reversal, right? This is, that's exactly, it's, it's another behavior analytic technique. Like we can check that one off the task list, like identifying those, those behaviors and then Engaging in an incompatible behavior. I actually think behavior. this episode is going to be one of those episodes like um, our, what was the one we did with selective mutism with Steve Kurtz? And we mm-hmm. covered every single item on the task list <laughs> because, you know, it's it's really interesting because when you talk about studying, right, we're talking about a behavior and obviously 
we are talking about studying all the time and helping people do it with study notes ABA. But there's so many behavioral principles involved. Like we were like talking about, okay, what are our behavioral concepts we're going to cover on the episode today? And it's literally every single thing. So hopefully this helps you guys studying. I mean, hopefully this helps you physically study and also helps you study by learning how these principles are applying to real life. I think that's important. But now that we've spent a good 45 minutes on finding your why, that's how important we think that that beginning of your studying is. All right. So you found your why you've picked your, what you're going to do for your study program or what you're going to, what, uh, materials you're going to use. Um, you have gotten all your fun pens and notebooks that you're only going to use when you're studying. All right, great. That's awesome. Now what the F are you going to do? How do you choose where to start? How to organize the task list? How to read, what to read in Cooper, when to read in Cooper, like all that becomes overwhelming as well. So how do we choose what to study? Liat, tell them. That's important. And by the way, I got to say this to start off. I mean, this could work for anyone, but if you are studying for the BCBA, BCABA exam, I just want to tell you, there is no way around not having a Cooper book. If you do not have the Cooper book, we can put it in the show notes, get it. (laughs) Because that is... I, I don't know where a rumor came around that there's other ways to get around it, but that the, the test is written off this book. So you need to have that from the get-go. Like no matter what study method you choose, you have to have the Cooper book. All right. So like, and then stock your library book. on cool other behavior analysis analysis books to, to read after you pass. Cause there's lots mm-hmm. of other stuff out there, but you definitely oh need Cooper and Bailey and Birch. Oh and yeah. Bailey and Birch. Bailey and, and Birch ethics book. Print show notes. Ta- print out your task list, have that shit next to you when you're studying. That is so important. I have people sometimes reach out that don't even know what the task list is or where to find it. That is so important. And I don't know where you went to school, but you need to have your task list. Oh no, guys, that's one we missed for, I know we're supposed to, we're trying to move on, but that's what a big one we missed was making sure your environment is ready to study. Oh my God. Having having your book, having your, having your task list out, Having, um, if you're a parent like me, like having a sign on your door that says, don't interrupt me. This is my studying time. Um, having a space that's comfortable. Like you're going to enrich that environment. Don't study from your bed. Like have stimulus control over your environment. So like where your pens are, where your book is, you want to have stimulus control. This is where I study. And that's really important for anything you do. We've done episodes on sleeping. Make your bed a place just for sleep. If you have sleeping issues, if you need to study, set your environment up. Like this has stimulus control. This is where I study. I love it. I have my favorite candle here. I have my pens over here. I have this. I have that. That's a hint. Something's coming soon, but this candle, the candle, guys, wait for it. It's going to be amazing. But anyways, yeah, don't have, um, you know, I tried to keep my phone away from me. Um, I would, you know, do these, you know, manipulations of the environment so that I, and maybe I didn't have my laptop with me. I just had Cooper, right? And maybe Cooper in my task list and my pens and notebooks. And like, no, if I had my, if I had my iPad or if I had my computer or I had my phone, matching lock comes right into play. And it's like, let me scroll Instagram for a few minutes. Oh, just a few minutes. So like, even if I study for 30 minutes, maybe 15 of that was spent on social media. That's not conducive to studying. That's how study notes ABA started, you know, matching law. I was like, dude, I love Instagram way more than I love studying. I'm going to make an Instagram just for studying. And I would only follow accounts that were like about taking pretty notes. They weren't ABA related. I think a lot of people now have a lot of ABA Instagram accounts with notes. 
Um, maybe you, we inspired that. You were trendsetter. That. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we inspired that. Just saying. Um. <laughs> All right. I think we are actually hitting our time limit for this episode and probably your time limit because 50 minutes to an hour is pretty much the um, amount of time that people probably want to listen to a podcast. And we've got some juicy, juicy stuff all more behavior principles and getting into, you know, choosing what to study, time management. We're going to talk about uh, how to choose a correct answer on an exam. So some task analyses for breaking down questions, generalization, um, and so much more. So I think everyone should tune in next week for part two of studying with the bitches and Maggie. Does this mean I get to hang out again? All right. Yeah, girl. Guys, thanks for tuning in. You know where to find us at Behavior Bitches Podcast on Instagram, at Behavior Bitches Podcast on Facebook, behaviorbitches.com. And if you want to support us, you could go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash behaviorbitches. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 